Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. You know, we've had a couple of legends on this show in the past, you know, like a modern day legend, Michael Kitsis, who's really in the last 10 years. We had Bill Good, one of our first podcasts, which was fantastic. But we've got another legend, and I'm going to embarrass him by saying this, but I have actually been following Peter Montoya's career for a long time. He's somebody I've always looked up to from a marketing perspective. He was always such a great resource for advisors when you needed to have a really strong, clear and succinct marketing plan and client communication. And he is our guest today. Now, he switched gears a little bit which is going to be fun because we're going to dive into that. But I'm going to start off with talking to Peter a little bit about his history in the marketing industry. But first off, Peter, thank you very much for being on the show. Matt, thank you so much. And what a wonderful introduction. I really appreciate that. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on the show and I'm super, super excited to dive into your brain here. Now, here's the fun part. You were really and have been for so long the go-to guy for marketing for financial services professionals. Tell me your history. How did that all begin? I'll give you the, the slightly long version. So when I graduated college way back in 1993, my first job was with the biggest motivational speaker in the world. So I started off in sales and motivation training. And then by 1998, at the ripe age of 28, I realized that I knew it all already. So I decided to be an entrepreneur. I started my first advertising agency specializing just in personal branding, working with financial service professionals in 1999. I started that advertising agency. I wrote a book called The Brand Called You. I did 115 speeches a year on personal branding for financial advisors. In 2006, I transformed and pivoted out of the advertising business into a software business. I started Marketing Pro, where we developed client-ready marketing, and we generated created 10,000 financial advisors who used our content as a client communication tool. And then in 2018, I sold that business uh, to FMG, who's now the dominant player in marketing in the financial services space. And since then, I've been in leadership development. And we are definitely going to dive into the leadership development. But let's, let's talk about what you learned with Marketing Pro over the years of providing excellent content for financial services professionals. What did you see that really was the most successful means for them to bring in new business and communicate their unique ability? No, that's a great question. So first of all, financial advisors, what they really want is they want a direct response method. So direct response is where you basically make an offer, someone sees that offer, they call you up and they sign up. That's what, that's the holy grail in financial services. It just doesn't really exist on a, on, a, on a wide scale. So some advisors might have created that and captured lightning in a bottle, but it's kind of a one-off here and there. They could do it through podcasting or radio or seminars sometimes, but it's really hit and miss for most advisors. So unfortunately, what works best is a relationship approach, and that's where they are building a community of people who know them, have top of mind awareness, and whether they're using them right now or will eventually use them, the whole idea is to be maintaining that top of mind awareness, a brand in their minds. So when someone goes, hey, I had a 401k rollover, I just leaving a job, just got an inheritance. Who do I think of? You want to be their primary financial advisor. So it's a long, long strategy, 
brand approach is the most effective way to do it. Let's talk about the long strategy, because we talk about that with podcasting specifically, that it is a marketing strategy that really gains momentum over time. Well, you really figured that out a number of years ago. How long have you found does it take or did it take for financial services professionals to truly establish their thought leadership and their brand within their clients' minds? So let me tell you what, what the five most effective marketing channels are from my view in financial services. And then from that, you'll kind of be able to piece back, we'll be able to work backwards and tell you how long it takes. So the five most effective forms of marketing, my perception in financial services are, number one is client referrals. Um, that's, you know, providing great service. Uh, and basically your clients love you so much, they want to give the, give the gift of you away. We call that a spontaneous referral. Second is professional referrals, estate planners, attorneys, CPAs, building relationships, building credibility with them, taking good care of the clients they refer you, and they'll eventually want to give you away. Websites and social media, you know, and having a great presence out there, publishing content on a regular basis, you know, liking people's posts, being a positive, a good resource is great. Client events, which are social and educational events for clients and friends of clients, and then your drip marketing program, which is email and direct mail. Those are your five most effective forms of marketing. Oh, and number six is networking. And that is where you, you know, volunteer for different community organizations, charity organizations. You basically demonstrate that you're a leader. People are kind of attracted to leaders in that regard. So if you're a financial advisor and you started all six of those in earnest tomorrow, very diligently and spent, you know, two or three hours a day doing all of those, I'll turn it back on you, Matt. How long before you received your first nibble of a client, uh, someone who is asking you about your services, how many months or how many years might it take if you started all six of those in earnest? Six months. Yeah, exactly. I, six months to two years. That's a wide berth there, brother. That's a, that's a, and, and you know, we, we say the same thing, you know, with, with, and we cover all of this, right? So you and I are entirely in line, which doesn't surprise me at all. But with this, you know, for some people, they get a quick pop, right? Six months, uh -huh. three yeah, months, even, might. goodness gracious. But it really is that long burn because you're trying to build uh, and establish credibility over time. We call it scaling credibility. So that's absolutely fantastic. Now, let's talk about frequency because that was something that I remember learning from you through my old boss a number of years ago. What do you find was the best frequency in communication for financial services professionals to keep that top of mind? Great question. So that was number five of our list, which is that drip marketing program. And I'll give you three different frequencies. So one is about 14 per year, and that's one per month, like a, week, a monthly newsletter. And then you have a happy birthday card and then a holiday card. That's 14. A moderate number would probably be somewhere in the, in the 20 range. And that's you know your monthly newsletter, birthday card, holiday card, and another smattering of four or five articles that you find useful during the course of the year. Hey, I found this article on uh, markets, and when, when the bottom usually hits, I thought you might like to read it, and you pass that article along. So that's like 20. And then my most successful clients, my most effective clients usually shot for 60. And that was a weekly newsletter or a weekly economic update, the birthday card, the holiday card, and another smattering of articles during the course of the year. Now, a lot of advisors went, 60, Peter, I would never send 60. Okay, well, your, your intuition is probably right. <laughs> You're most likely, if you start, started doing 60, you haven't had contact before. They're going, who is this guy? Why is he inundating me? Uh, you most likely don't have the relationship. You're probably right. Then you start with something lower than that and build your way up to it. Because when we like you enough, 
we don't mind getting your content. We're more likely to read it the more we like you. We call it walking before you run, right? I, you know, it's really funny. At the beginning of the year, as a when I was a coach, everybody's always setting all of these goals and everything. You know, and they're like, I'm going to go run a marathon. So they go outside and they run for two miles and they're in pain for three weeks and they abandon the goal. Marketing's <laughs> the same way, right, brother? I mean, you yeah. want to make sure that you're, you're starting up slow because if you turn on that faucet, which you're talking about, the 60 pieces of communication with somebody with your client base who's never gotten that level of communication, they're going to think something's right. going on, right? Uh, right? Instead of just drips and drabs, which is fantastic. Now let's let's switch gears, dude. Because first off, uh, for for those of you, you know, check out FMG. Uh, they're an amazing organization. Yeah. Um, they have your content and they have the platform that you ended up building. So make sure that you all check them out. Uh, we've actually referred to them on the podcast many many times. Uh, one of the better website and marketing companies that's out there in order for you to communicate digitally. Magnificent. Now, but you switched and gears. Actually, by the way, just oh. add in there. You know, I had to work very closely with them as they were purchasing my company, and frequently those are very high-stress uh, times. And oftentimes, buyers and sellers don't get along afterwards. I still get along amazing with the organization. Scott White is an amazing CEO, a really good man. I like that organization a lot. If I was advisor, I would be using it. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Now, you switched gears for a reason, my friend, and I'm always interested in in why you did. When I stopped coaching, I wrote an article on LinkedIn. It's still the most viewed article I ever wrote on LinkedIn on why I stopped coaching. And you went the opposite direction. So I moved from coaching into marketing and you from marketing into this leadership development. What was the yeah. onus behind that? So I, I love this quote. The two most important days in a person's life is the day they're born and the day they figure out why. So I had a really great exit in selling my company, which gave me a lot of latitude to basically say, if I could do anything in the world, what would it be? And leadership development was the answer. So Matt, I'm going to ask you the question, uh, which I have uh, asked myself. In 40 years, do you think, based on our current trajectory, do you think our civilization will be in better shape or in worse shape than it is right now? Well, see, dude, I, I'm an optimist. So, I mean, part of me wants to say, well, I really, really hope that it's going to be better, but I don't think my kids would answer it the same way. Yeah. No, well, no. And my kids say that to me all the time. You know, dad, yeah. the planet's going to be in a worse position and everything's going to be in a worse position, even in the next seven years. So that's my, my take too. Based on our current trajectory, it's going to be worse off than it is right now. And I, I operate from a place of absolute responsibility. And then my goal is to maximize human well-being. And I can't in good conscience basically leave the planet to my children or my children's children worse off than I found it. That's not only the, the planet, but it's also civilization as a result of what we're probably going to be doing to the planet. The leadership is probably one of the best ways that I can actually empower people because currently our governments and our corporations aren't making the changes fast enough. So I want to empower people to make changes in their own lives and in our world for the betterment. I have always found that it gets to a point in coaching and consulting a financial services professional where they will end up needing leadership coaching because they've mm -hmm. developed their organization or whatever. What sort of things do you talk to advisors about? And, and really, I'm mostly interested in where do you even begin this conversation? Oh, great. So let's talk about power. <laughs> That's one of my favorite topics. So Matt, do you want more power and why or why not? Well, absolutely. I'm always looking for ways to maximize my own personal power, but also my ability to influence others to make the changes that I would love for them to make. Love it. Great answer. And I probably get 60% of the people who say, no, they don't want more power and about 40% who do. I know. Once you hear the definition, you go, well, clearly I want more power. I think the perception of power is usually some fat cat sitting in a corner office 
who's hegemonically trying to dominate other people for their own personal gain. I guess the perception of power, but power's got a great definition. Power is the ability to achieve intended results. So no matter what you want in life, whether you want more clients, a different house, better relationships with your kids and your, and your partner and your spouse, a better impact in the world. You want to make a, build houses in third world countries, better vacations. All of those things are exercises in your personal power or your power. So we start with that, people basically owning power and looking at the different ways they can increase their ability to achieve intended results. And once they've kind of maximized their own ability to achieve intended results, now how do we work with other people to achieve bigger things? And that's leadership. First, a fascinating definition. And I don't think I would actually change my answer based off that de definition, but I would definitely change some of my approach, which is fascinating, which is why you, you're going to be hired by lots and lots of people to help them with this. But after they have that epiphany of, of what their power is or what they can use power for, where do you go from there? I mean, this is so you're you're changing the perspective from a very introspective. Okay, so this is your power. This is who you are. This is what you think. How do you flip that switch and allowing them to exert that power from a leadership perspective without it being all about them? So that's a great question. So first of all, leadership is one of the best paradigms um, for increasing your power. Oftentimes, advisors are always looking for a technique to change their lives. They're going, okay, I want to buy this dark mail system. I'm going to start a podcast. And this, you know, kind of this tactic is going to change my life. And usually it doesn't. The thing about leadership is leadership is incredibly personal. I mean, there's never or rarely a carpenter who walks, goes home at the end of the day or a retail clerk who has a lot of self-reflection about how they were that day and how it changed, uh, how it affected their life. But every single leader, you know, leave a staff meeting or leaves a phone call or leaves a meeting with a, a, another one, might be in the car on the way home going, oh my God, I really screwed that up. I couldn't have done that worse. And they realize if they want to change uh, other people, they have got to change themselves. So leadership is incredibly personal and self-reflective, but it's so aspirational that it allows people to see their growth in a positive light, making the world a better place. So leadership is one of the best ways to get people to shift their paradigm so they can actually work on themselves to affect positive change for their lives, the lives of their clients, and the lives of their employees. I'm going to play devil's advocate here with you, Peter, if you don't mind. So you point out or through a process of self-discovery, you realize that the financial services, the advisor that you're working with needs to work on this whatever area. What happens when you get that resistance? How do you help them overcome that resistance to change? Yeah, that is a great question. And that is our constant challenge. Um, as coaches, we really do our best to not let them get there in the first place as a coach. So we start by asking lots of questions at first, injecting lots of humor so they don't get back up. <laughs> so now, the truth is when somebody is backed up, it's actually one of the best places for change, but it's only when we as a coach control the situation up, we know that they're going to come back because frequently people get backed up, they bail out rather than push through, but resistance is a great place. If we, as a coach, we know we can keep them in the moment to push through it to get to that next place. But by and large, when we're starting coaching somebody, we try to avoid it at all costs. <laughs> Now, is this is this leadership development thing that you have going on right now? Uh, are you are you it? Do you have a team involved? I'm sorry for my ignorance in the question, but I, I don't even know where to begin that line of questioning. So, could you help me with that? 
Yeah, we're currently in development of a new program called the High Performance Organization, how to dominate any industry in any market at any time. And what I've learned about leadership development, by and large, is most organizations kind of tack leadership development onto a on the outside. Like, okay, hey, once a year, we're going to go to this one-day program, and we're going to tack leadership onto it. And so what I did with the high-performance organization is I wanted to actually start with the foundation, which is the company values and the company employee manual and the actual leaders in the organization, and start at the ground up building a whole culture of leadership and a high performance. So I want a whole organization affected, not just kind of tacked on. Leadership has really changed from what we'll call the old model to the new model. So, uh, Matt, the old model of leadership was we'll call command and control, where it was kind of a top-down strategy. The head of the organization did all the strategy, vision, and thinking. He or she basically told everyone what to do. The new model is really different. What would you guess is the primary goal of every leader in an organization today? I don't even know if I know how to answer that question. How would I answer that question? And I can give you some examples. Oh, give me an uh, example. That'd like. be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so kind of the old model, I would look at the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket. You know, if I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. I would look at Gordon Gecko and his kind of all obsession with greed is good. And more or less, you know, I win at the expense of everybody else. I would look at uh, Mr. Spacely from the Jetsons with, who ruled by fear and you're fired was his, his catchphrase. More or less, that was kind of the old model, which was top down. You know, I win, you lose, and I control everything. And the new model, I would look at, you know, Tom Hanks' character in, oh gosh, what was the name of that uh, World War II movie? Uh, Saving Private Ryan, where he actually said, you know, if I'm going to re be rewarded, it's everybody. It's not just me. It's everyone's got to win. I would look at Yoda, and more or less, he rarely was the one fighting the battles, but more or less, he was in developing other Jedi. I would look at Mr. Keating in Dead Poets Society and more or less ch challenging everyone to think for themselves. So using those three as inspiration, what would you say is the number one purpose of modern leaders? to try to help them develop to become the best thing that they can be. There you go. It's leadership development. So the number one goal of leaders today is leadership development. When I first started as an entrepreneur, I spent 90% of my time in what I'll call personal production. I was actually doing my own sales, doing my own marketing, going out and speaking, and I spent maybe 10% of my time coaching in meetings and developing other people. As my organization grew and as finally as I became aware, I spent then 90% of my time in leadership development, working with individuals, developing their skills in meetings and helping people actually learn how to think and make better decisions and only 10% of my time in personal production. The number one goal of any leader today is leadership development. Have you by any chance come across the book Little Black Stretchy Pants? No, I haven't. Tell me about it. So, uh, so it's by, by the guy who created Lululemon, and it's all about culture and leadership in that 90, that 80-20 Pareto principle or the 90-10 rule. Um, my, my business partner and I, because we're working on leadership within our organization as a fast-growing organization, 
Dude, I'm sorry, Peter. You said something that just made me smile so much. You get done with one of those uh, staff meetings and your hands are in your, in you know, your head's in your hands and you're like, dude, I didn't do that well. And no. that happens to me all the time, right? Uh, and it happens yeah. to all of us in leader leadership positions. And it's wonderful to be reflective on that. And having somebody in your corner, everybody, like Peter, that can help you learn how to have that reflectiveness and really take a look at yourself and how you're interacting with people can truly help you be a great leader. Is that a fair statement? I like to think so, because more or less, I think what most organizations do, they want to hire a consultant or a trainer to come in there and train the organization on leadership. And the truth is, I will train the leaders on how to develop leaders. That's what my job is. And what their number one job is now is leadership development. Now, do you still only work it? Now, you talk about dominating any market, right, in any situation at any time. Do you still squarely work in financial services or are you spreading your wings here, my friend? I'm spreading my wings into working with any, largely my target market is professional service organizations, less than 100 employees is where I'm really focused. Now, this might sound like a strange thing. I don't think I've actually ever done this on a podcast, but are there any organizations or any places that you are really looking at wanting to get into because you can make a big difference or that our listeners maybe could reach out to me? That's a better question. Maybe our listeners could reach out to you and say, hey, Peter. I know of an organization that fits this matrix. Uh, what would be the best way for them to maybe provide you with a wonderful introduction, like the six different things that we talked about a little while ago from a marketing perspective? I, I am incredibly accessible. You can find me on all the social media platforms. Uh, and as I wrote a book called The Brand Called You, all you have to do is search for my name and you, you will find me on the social media platforms. And then also my website is petermontoya.com. If you want to email me, believe it or not, my email is all the same formula. Peter Montoya at PeterMontoya.com. So, Gee, that doesn't I'm surprise incredibly me. Incredibly accessible. Yeah, from from following you from a marketing branding perspective so long, it probably doesn't really surprise me that that's what no. your all of your URLs are. <laughs> now, right. so so let's talk about leadership just a little bit more here. If you were able to provide new business owners, new entrepreneurs, with a book a TED talk or a, a, just a piece of advice. What is that go-to thing that you're always like, man, you should really read this to take yourself to the next level. You know, I'm a huge fan of John Maxwell. I think John Maxwell has written probably 30 books, if I remember correctly. I, I like the I like the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership is a great book. That's one place I go. And then the other place I would go is to a TED talk uh, by Jocko Willink. And Jocko Willink talks about extreme ownership. And his TED Talk is phenomenal. It's a 10-minute, maybe 11-minute TED Talk, and he tells the story about how he led his Navy SEAL team. And he looks like a Navy SEAL. He's six foot tall. He's built. He's got a crew cut, muscles out to here, and he's gruff. Oh, my God, he fits the part so well. And he tells the story how he was leading a team, and he committed the cardinal sin, which is he allowed friendly-on-friendly -friendly fire, fratricide, and someone actually died. And he actually walks through the process of how he took, went from blame to ownership and how that completely empowered both him and his team. That's where I would start if you had to read only, if I only give you one thing on leadership and it's not my stuff, that's where I would go. Gotcha. What keeps you going, dude? I mean, honestly, you have been ever present, omnipresent within our industry for 20 plus years. How do you maintain that fire? Well, two things. Number one, I've got ADHD. <laughs> And everyone thinks that ADHD means you have uh, no focus. 
what ADHD means is you have all focus or no focus. So it's hyper attention or deficit. So most people have an even level of attention. And what I have is hyper attention. And also I've got really high energy. It was a real pain for my mother to parent me growing up. I was really hard to manage. And I know this now because I've got a 14 year old son with ADHD. It's kind of a blessing as an adult. They estimate upwards of 25 or 35% of all entrepreneurs have ADHD. So it's kind of a superpower. Uh, and the second thing is my sense of purpose. Uh, you know, I, I learned from the motivational school, you know, of kind of getting yourself up, getting those high energy and kind of raw, raw effect. I hate that stuff. Hate it. And it does work. But where I really tap into is my purpose. And what we talked about earlier and my purpose to making sure that I leave the planet better than what I found it is every single day. And it really is the most natural sense of drive you can possibly. Once you're clear on your purpose, it is limitless energy. Yeah. It's just that continuous feeding of that fire inside your belly when you wake up and realize that this is what you are here to do. Mm. That's absolutely, absolutely fantastic. All right. In closing, is there anything I should have asked you, man, that I didn't? I, sometimes I'm so wound up and excited about you know interviewing people. I, I miss the question. Is there anything I should have asked you I didn't? No, nothing specific. I mean, I always, I've always got more content, but nothing that you would have missed that's like a, a bright shining star. Okay. You were and are the master of content. If you have not followed Peter, please make sure that you follow him on all social media channels. Uh, he was a very early adopter of social media, so he's got so much depth in what is uh, mm. out there. It's it's truly unbelievable. Peter Montoya at PeterMontoya.com, correct? That's the best way uh, from an email perspective, and PeterMontoya.com is his website. Lots of videos, lots of stuff, great information. The leadership development stuff that you're rolling out, when can we see this next program from you? I would imagine probably in early June, and it'll be a high-intensity group coaching program. And more importantly, I'm really focused on giving people lots of practical ideas and steps. So I've always been very, very pragmatic. It's not a learning program. It is a doing program. So it'll be a two-month program. At the end of two months, your organization will have all the pieces in place, and you will know how to develop leaders in your organization. Please, everybody, make sure that you reach out to Peter and find out more about joining that class, because you know what? Being a leader is an amazing gift that not everybody has the opportunity to have. And then honing that gift and being thankful for that gift by giving back, not only to your team, but also to yourself, can make a world of difference. Peter, thanks for being on the show. Matt, it was a thrill. You're a great interview. I really enjoyed this. Well, thank you. Thank you. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you subscribe by clicking that subscribe button below. And if you have any topics or guest ideas, please make sure that you email me at Matt at Top Advisor M. I'll be more than happy to entertain whichever guests you might think would be good for you, all of our listeners. And if you know somebody who truly needs leadership development, please make sure you share this podcast or just send them to PeterMontoya.com. So for Peter and everybody here at Top Advisor Marketing, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the contact us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz. 
a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.